Her courage and her existence symbolizes the definition of resilience and endurance. At the age of 15, she lost her leg due to aggressive bone cancer. That meant her left leg needed to be amputated due to the pain she was suffering. She made nothing in her life an excuse and soon after broke Guinness record, Samson's chair sit, also referred to as the static wall sit by a female, an inspiring athlete, woman and a mother. The one and only Zareen Barbar, thank you for joining <laughs> us today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lida, for having me. Thank you. I um, am really keen to know more um, about you. And I briefly want to take you back to a couple of years ago um, and talk about your life then. What was your dream when you were 14 years old, a year before being diagnosed? Uh, At that age, you know, I was a teenager. I was uh, living in Lebanon. I was born there and raised there. And at that time, I was so energetic. I was on the basketball team, playing basketball, you know, uh, having a lot of friends, looking forward for uh, for the high school years. And at that age, any girl would be concerned about her looks, about how, uh, how to dress. Um, I had a lot of dreams. I, I wanted to become actually someone that is famous and inspiring, like a singer, an actor, or like a famous athlete. So I had a lot of things in my head and I had a lot of uh, ambitions. But suddenly, you know, I got diagnosed with uh, sarcoma, bone cancer, and life turned around, you know, 180 degrees. I was going in a different direction suddenly uh, in the hospital, um, doing chemotherapy and this is not what I had expected mm. from life but I had to you know uh, move on after that and continue my life mm. yeah they say um, grief instantly ends your youth it's it's, a, it's an expression what were your years like from the age of 15 moving forward into your 20s? Uh, at, at that age, any teenager, whether they're passing through trauma or not, they are finding their identity, their personality. Mm. And when that happened to me, I was lost. I couldn't, I was lost who I was. Mm. I didn't know who I was. Because I was that energetic girl, I was that uh, fashionista, you know. Yeah. So, so, so suddenly I can't wear dresses, I can't wear shorts. I had to hide my leg, put a cosmetic cover over it, and that that is something that I couldn't accept. Mm. But, but, but I suffered a lot trying to fit my old self in the new body that I had. And that created a lot of suffering for me because I wasn't able to 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 digest what happened, and I was passing through ups and downs, ups and downs of emotional uh, roller coaster. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, going back to school, it was a struggle for me going back to school uh, because I skipped two years uh, mm-hmm. from mid uh, mid uh, school. I skipped two years 
and I lost my friends. So I had to make new friends mm. and I had to uh, overcome the uh, ignorance of people. Uh, they don't know how to deal with people with disability. Although, you know, I was living in Lebanon and that was like the war ended in the 90s, mm. just before two years before I lost my leg. And you saw a lot of disabled people on the streets. Mm. But even though people still reacted differently when they saw me, when they, you know, the shock, the the, the pity looks, the, I felt it. I you, you feel people's energy sometimes. It gets to yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. So so I was a bit struggling with finding who I am mm. uh, because I wanted to be someone else. I wanted to go places. I want to hike. I wanted to uh, continue doing sports. I loved running. So I was stuck in, in a place where I didn't know what to do. So it was a big struggle for me, honestly. Mm. I got chills when you were explaining that you can feel people's energy and they feel some sort of a grief towards you and you're in the midst of trying to get yourself out from the past and put yourself in the present and moving towards the future, you know, yeah. future being. So at what age did you make that transformation for you, like that ident identity transformation for yourself? When did you yeah. realize like, okay, that's it, this is me, like, I'm done? Yeah. Uh, you know, we live in a world where where society has a, gives us a checklist when we when we are born. You know, yeah. you are born, you have to finish school, you have to graduate. After you graduate, you have to find a job, you have to become successful, get married, have kids. There's a checklist. Mm -hmm. And I found it challenging for me to to uh to tick the boxes because I wanted to tick them. I wanted to, to be like anyone, like everybody. Mm. And and it was challenging for me because people looked at me as if I, I was a person that would never get married. I was a person that uh, would never, uh, you know, uh, become a model or would never uh, c continue her life in, in sports. Mm. So I believed that. I believed that in my head and I, but I fought hard to to tick the boxes, and I think I I think I was I was suffering in in the idea that I wanted to prove myself. I wanted to prove that I am an ordinary person. Hmm. But now I realize that that I I I did myself wrong because I am an extraordinary person. I wasn't born to be someone who is ordinary. So, so I finished high school. I got a, a diploma as a secretary and I found a job and I pursued a career in insurance. And then mm. I got married. I found my, uh, I fell in love and I got married. So I took th these boxes and I was happy. It felt like I achieved something. Mm. I was, I was, I was finally fitting in uh, the society, although I felt like I didn't belong. I didn't belong there. Uh, so after that, after I got married, I moved to Dubai and I was, you know, living my normal mom life. Mm. 
I delivered my uh, my daughter. And six months after I delivered my daughter, I was so overweight because of the pregnancy and because of, you know, the 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 things that we were taught when we were kids that moms should should sacrifice their time, their energy, everything, their dreams. Yeah. Yeah. to to building the family and and uh, giving everything to their to their kids so i wasn't mm-hmm. taking care of myself i wasn't i wasn't loving myself uh mm-hmm. so i was overweight because of the pregnancy mm-hmm. and i fell down and i had an accident and i broke my hip so that was my turning point at that time after 20 years from losing my leg Mm-hmm. That was my turning point. <clears throat> wow. I am, I am, um, I'm really moved. Um, but I also want to add something to your story. You always knew that you were different. You had, you had a story to tell. You always yeah. knew that this is, I, I want to inspire and, uh, as soon as that incident happened with the leg, you you instantly took that story as an inspiration for yourself. And I feel like that that just shaped who you are as a person. And it's one of the most beautiful thing. And like you said, to take like something I just want to you know repeat one more time. The society really teaches us these tick boxes. And if you don't tick box them, I'm I'm 27. I'm living in London. My parents are in the Netherlands, so the expectations of okay, you graduated, you're doing this. So all the expectations, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do that in order to be happy. Yeah. And if you don't abide or if you don't follow that route of normality, then you're abnormal. Yeah. Uh, and, and you're not happy, and the happiness. You, you don't deserve it so it's it's something I can resonate so much with and it's not about the age or time it's something that we all Middle Eastern Asian I mean all the women even it's a universal mm. language all the women really suffer from this mm. um, I got chills and I had to <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I had to sit back and not allow my emotions get the best of me but um i i i can understand this so well so because who... people you know you know people are afraid of uh the the they're not when they see that there's something different about you it scares them so yes. if you go in a different direction than than the majority then you you're weird or you're yeah uh, so so that's why there's a lot of pressure on 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 us on the gener on the generation like yeah. uh, the old generation and the new generation we need to stop this cycle we need to stop like ticking the boxes and doing this we need to uh, to educate start to educate our kids that they can choose whatever they want to do in life and there's there shouldn't be like uh, steps like certain steps, they have to do it in a certain way. It's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with my choices. And, and that's, I think, the most important thing, being happy with the choices you make for yourself. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And if you can't make the choices for yourself, at least be happy that someone can make that choice. So, Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, Darin, who has been your support system? 
ever since and has it changed uh well i prayed a lot yeah <laughs> before i used to pray a lot and i put my faith in god and um uh, you know he was my um my my go-to place like whenever i felt hopeless whenever i felt uh, faithless so but the main person was my mom my mom stood by me Mm-hmm. Ever since, like I was born, <laughs> she stood by me. She never left me a second in the hospital. She supported me. She uh, she lifted me up whenever I was down. And I I can't imagine the pain that she must have felt giving me this her 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 energy and her power just mm-hmm. to lift me up and and having this faith. You know, it's hard like to to see someone who is whom you love so much, they're suffering, and you know that there's a lot of pain that they're passing through, mm. and still you you want to lift them up and give them hope. It's it's hard, I think. So she was she was always encouraging me and motivating me during my uh, my my downtimes, and there were a lot of downtimes. So mm. she was she was my support system, and still now she is. Uh, my support system but now of course i have my family i have my husband my kids i have my ambitions my my achievements everything that i have achieved they make me you know continue to do what i'm doing now Mm. you know what's beautiful about what you just said is that in the the beginning you said you uh you had to basically this this concept that we you know conditioned to believe that please others and now mm. you're saying no i have myself i mm. have my dreams i have my beliefs so i i love how i can hear your your literally your story transform in something so beautiful yeah it, it, wow on on a much brighter side even though everything is bright um you came to london right yeah and you participated in the in the world, glamorous beauty, fashion, and fitness beauty pageant. What was that? What was that particular journey like for you? Uh, it was a, it was a competition against myself because it was like uh, it was something I needed to do to really challenge my my perception of beauty and and people's perception of beauty and perfection because mm. I. I reached a point where I was, I felt confident and I felt uh, uh, really unstoppable and I felt like uh, nothing is impossible. So I felt like I wanted to do something that is not like unusual and, and uh, that, that scares me and also will amaze, like scare people or amaze people. Yeah. So I, I decided to participate in the, and the, the world beauty fitness and fashion show in london and it was really difficult preparing for this journey because i had to exercise really hard eating a certain diet uh, losing fat uh, you know i i uh, I, I wasn't like uh, being sociable because i had to you know not going out too much because i had to be strict with with my uh, with my journey and my diet mm. so so i wanted to to really stand in front of my fear because what what used to scare me is my appearance and how people viewed me as a person with disability as a person who uh 
you know, I hate to say it, but but people don't see see the beauty; they see the disability. They don't see what's mm. what what's the the uh, what the whole picture. They see mm. the missing part. So mm. so when I changed inside out and I started to see myself as a whole person, I wanted to challenge that in people. And I did that, and it was a great achievement for me, honestly, because when I stepped on that stage, I all my fear was like crumbling in front of my eyes. And it's like standing in front of a lion and you roaring back at that lion and that lion being scared of you. So it was a great moment for me, honestly. Wow. Um, I have to take a moment because I'm getting chills all over my arms. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I am I'm really passionate about hearing stories and uh, real authentic stories and this your the way you just put it um, into vision and just imaginary vision standing in front of the lion and you're you're roaring back and your fear crumbling in front of your eyes Darin, I couldn't have described this better. I don't think anyone could have ever described facing your fear <laughs> better than how you have just done this now. <laughs> I think you really, you really touched, like you, you, you touched me, and I'm, and and I guess all the listeners right now, hopefully, um, I'm sure you have felt every single word because it meant so real, like. Yeah, oh, I can listen to you for hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but I assume there were so many other women participating as well alongside men. But we will focus more about the woman aspect. Um, mm. How was your relationship with the woman whilst you were, you know, preparing for any rounds and um, even backstage and you know dressing up? How was your relationship with other women? Yeah. Um, okay, so this pageant they don't have a category for people who have disabilities. So mm. applying to this pageant was itself is a risk, a risk of being rejected, a risk of being, you know, um, feeling like I feeling the feeling of defeat. If I apply, they might say no, and I would like, I would I wouldn't be able to do what I what I was able to do so when they uh, when they accepted me i was really like uh, grateful that they accepted me and when i went there uh, the night before we have the registration you re- you come in and you register and you have all the athletes uh in the in the room they're all registering and my husband was with me actually so everybody w- thought that my husband was the person competing. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they, they didn't think that I was the one. They thought I was I was just, you know, like accompanying him. Uh-huh. So and also because he looked fit, he did all the diet with me. So yeah. he looked fit. <laughs> and they were like, oh hello, what's your name? He introduces himself and he introduces me. It's like uh, and they used to ask him, not me. Yeah. What category? Are, what category are you in? And oh. he's like, look at them. No, it's not me. My wife. <laughs> oh my so god! So never did it cross their mind that, like me, I would be the person competing. 
they looked yeah. at me and they're like as if people they give up on you you know like yeah. you're 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 a hopeless case there's no way there's a chance that this person could be there to compete yeah so when i went that night and we did the tanning a woman that was sitting next to me she said you know what i want to tell you something when i first saw you i thought what the hell is she doing here mm. and now when i see you like you you're about to compete and you're that i'm like wow i'm like speechless like all the respect to you wow. so that was one lady but the other ladies was were really rude like when i entered the athlete uh, lounge just before mm. we got on stage mm. um, i came in i found an empty chair i went and i sat on it and i had my stuff mm. and the, the lady approached me and she's like can you get up this is my seat i'm like oh, yeah. okay <laughs> <laughs> and she, she saw me like with a prosthetic leg sitting you know like yeah like can you get up this is my seat I'm like okay like I got up and I gave her my seat I started to look around where where should I sit and it was all like uh, a mess the room was all a mess and everybody was looking at me like who is this like what is she doing <laughs> <laughs> oh wow it was really weird it was really weird and something something really that day something really uh uh bad happened like when i i hit my toe in the morning and 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 my big toe and the in the bathroom and all the blood came out so mm. like like the the universe was trying to stop me but i didn't let it i didn't let mm. it at all so i had to get on stage i had to do that for myself and i and i did it i did it i i'm really amazed <laughs> <laughs> it must be really a great you know proud moment now that you reflect back especially i mean i i, I find your character so bold and brave really it's it's the definition of those two words actually but it, it's funny how other women when you are in a competition and you actually assume like okay it's a woman empowerment platform and although we are competing against each other let's at least make this a memorable experience for each yeah. one of us and not many and i think this accounts for even at work or at my workplace and everywhere else is that women try to compete on a constant level um and a lot of characteristics such as envious being envious and carrying this ego really carries their perception about someone else um it's it's i mean in my humble opinion it's, it's a bit sad because at the end of the day you are like together you can create so many other things after the competition right or yeah, even yeah. the competition when i participated in miss england um, i had very similar experience and there was one point where uh, the youngest contestant she was standing behind me and she was shaking after her first walk and this was in the life uh, finals yeah shaking and I turned around I was like are you okay she was like no I'm not I was like just drink this water you'll be okay no worries um and I had to hold her hands like I I I went out of my way to make sure like someone else that's next to me is okay um and that's it's like it you don't see that often you mm, know mm. so 
it's it's sad that you don't see that often, especially with women. But it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, some people claim their chair. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think also, you know, we we live in a in a world where where also the media creates this competition. Mm. You know, they the. Uh, I I know like a lot of change a lot of have changed but we still have a lot of work to do uh, concerning you know being women not being competitive or you know jealousy is a good thing it's not a bad thing but yeah. how you use this, this jealousy determines if it's good or bad I can be jealous of someone for example oh look uh, she became for example Miss England for example mm. oh she be- I'm jealous. I want to know how to get there. I'll go and ask this person how to get there. Yes. This this is how you use the jealousy in a good thing. Like use this energy to learn how to make yourself better, not mm. to just envy and sit there and just uh, break someone down for you to feel better about yourself. You know, yeah. jealousy is about, you know, taking this energy, this feeling and looking at yourself well if she did it i can do it yeah i can do it so i think this is what what we need to learn yeah i agree with you really agree with you um darine you said that we must be courageous and crazy to achieve something big and scary why is this important to you don't you think that we need to be crazy yes <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, listen to me, like what, what I did, like I went to London and I became the first Arab amputee to participate in a beauty pageant, like Mm. amputee and beauty, like (laughs) they all go together. So it is crazy. Like I was crazy when I decided that. And I I was hearing myself like, I'm going to do this. I'm like, what? You know, in my head, I'm like, what? (laughs) And, I, and it's nice. I had nothing to lose, you know. Like I had nothing to lose. Like I, I gained a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of uh, uh, determination and a, a lot of uh, confidence that I can show it to the world. So I had nothing to lose. Like I didn't have to uh, give up. Like I have something to give, you mm-hmm. know, to give to people. So uh, yeah, it was crazy, but but I think. I think we need to to live life like this. We need to take risks. Some mm-hmm. things in life, you need to take a risk, and they are scary. But if you don't do them, you will regret. And living in regret is the worst thing that that can ever happen. You know, trying is is better than not trying at all. You you never know what you are capable of until you you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we were raised. To be scared of uh, taking risks or or failing yeah. or doing mistakes, and this is wrong. Mm-hmm. It's it's a learning process. Life is about learning. Uh, uh, there is no uh, there is no destination. We are always uh, growing. We are always learning. There's no like uh, uh, like a finish line. Like if mm-hmm. I finish this, that's it. I'm there. No, we are always there. We are always learning. I'm always evolving and trans- and and transforming. I'm not mm. the same person I was three years ago. You know, yeah. we 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 have to to learn to live with that. I think. Yeah. 
it's really um, becoming unconditioned from, like you said, we are taught, I really like what you said, we are taught to be scared of trying something outside our comfort zone. It's literally mm. through media, through anything, through school, stay in the safe zone, stay with your parents or, you know, do this or whatever. It's, uh, I so agree with you. I think that's very well put, very well put. Um, I want to know a bit more about your cultural transformation because you were born in Lebanon, as you mentioned earlier, and now you live in the UAE. Mm. Um, could you tell us more about your culture today and how it has been shaped ever since you have moved from home? Yeah, uh, it was the best decision, honestly, I've taken mm. in my life to move to the UAE because when I got married, uh, that I knew that I'm going to face a lot of challenges mm. uh, if I lived in Lebanon. The cha- despite the, okay, like, put the economical challenges aside, it's the societal challenges as well. Mm. As a person with disability married to a to a, to a guy who, like, in the Lebanese culture, we families, they always interfere in your life and they want to, mm-hmm. you know, always uh, give their opinion and uh, with the intention that they're they're doing the, this for you and they're, they want their, the best for you. So mm-hmm. so I wanted to, to live far from that because I knew that I would face a lot of challenges and, and and it won't be a successful uh, marriage. Mm-hmm. So moving to the UAE was was the best thing because it's a multicultural country. And mm-hmm. I really found it easier to live here, especially with, with, the, with the, the facilities. It's a very inclusive uh, place. You know, they have a lot of, uh, uh, it's accessible for people with disabilities. So, so I found it really uh, comfortable and, and I was happy moving here honestly uh yeah i missed my my country but but i found a lot of uh difference between uh living in lebanon and living in the uae with with multicultural people you know walking in the mall you see people dressed differently and no one is judging anyone because you see an indian lady dressed in the in the sari you see uh, an emirati person dressed in their uh, national uh, dress you see there's there's a mixture of people and no one is supposed to be in a certain way like in Lebanon like if you go to the mall with a flip flop everybody would be staring at you <laughs> you know <laughs> you know like you're supposed to be like uh, i don't know dressed uh, glamorously going to 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 the mall you know it's yeah. uh, they 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 judge the appearance a lot in Lebanon so mm. i'm happy i I removed myself from this environment and I was able to build a family here in the UAE. Wow. Um, it's it's interesting how you say they judge the appearance because I was growing up in the Netherlands and they had the same outlook. If you didn't wear Vans, the shoes back then, then you were not a popular girl. So, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yes, or the real Uggs, then you're not popular enough um, to sit with someone. Uh, And that's what made me feel so, um, I I didn't like that culture, although I, you know, I respect so much from what I've learned in the Netherlands. But then 
I, I, I wanted to move. I wanted to come to London because I fell in love with the uniform, uniforms. And I was like, if you wear a uniform, everybody is treated as equal. And that's what I was after. Um, so it's really interesting how countries can, you know, impact your, your life choices in that sense. Uh, yeah, really. definitely. Yeah. So to me, you are actually a the prime example of how you have endured resilience and and became basically, in other words, the guru of discipline for women, especially. Um, they say you have exper- experienced the dark in order to find out what it really means to feel the fire in you. And if I were to ask you today, how would you define the wo- word discipline what would it be first of all thank you so much (laughs) for saying this i'm humbled i'm just i'm just a person like anyone can can do what i'm what i'm doing if they believe in their powers like we 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 don't use i think we don't use uh all the powers that we have Mm. Uh, humans are very powerful and and sometimes we listen to other people and and we um, we look at the majority of what other people's people are doing and we we don't we don't uh, give ourselves a chance to 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 do what we what we want to do in life so i think discipline is control it's simply control having control over your mind and your body uh, when you lose control everything is a chaos you know you don't you cannot function really uh in a good way in, in your life so mm-hmm. it is control wow i just want to repeat what you said we don't get ourselves or give ourselves the chance Darin, you're full of wisdom full of wisdom <laughs> This is honestly so beautiful. I think we briefly touched base on on this. And um, you uh, said who you were influenced by. But who has influenced your decision-making process? Like I said, first, before I got married, it was always my mom. Like, Mm -hmm. she was my... um, she, She was like the person I would go to and ask and, and seek advice. Yeah. Uh, but but nowadays, like I can say from since 10 years until now, I gave myself a chance. Like I gave my, my, my wisdom a chance. I, I stopped seeking advice from people because hmm. sometimes they say you have to seek advice. No, no, you have to listen to your gut. What your gut is telling you. There is a gut feeling. There is like a sense in you. Like you feel if you're doing the right thing. You mm. feel if it's wrong. You feel if it's scary. Just sit and and feel the feelings. Like yeah. listen to what you're saying and and just give give your give your body and brain a chance to tell you if it's right or wrong. Mm. So. So I, I started to listen to that inner voice. And that's what made me achieve what I have achieved. Because mm. I had it all the, all the time in me. 
But because mm. I doubted myself, I never listened to it. I started seeking advice. And because people are scared, they wouldn't let me do it. They mm. wouldn't let me. They would give you the, the advice that they would give themselves. You know? Yeah. Like, oh, no, you're, uh, you're moving, for example, to UAE. Oh, it's very hot there. You won't survive. There's, uh, It's really hot. Like, you know, people try to uh, reflect their fears on you. Yes. It's, it's not in their hands. They reflect their fears on you. And yeah. it's up to you to take it or not. That's why don't share your dreams with people. You don't share what you're going to do with people because they will ruin it. Yeah, They will. And I've experienced that. If you overshare and you share with the wrong people, you share with people who, who don't have dreams, who don't take risks, yes. who are not successful, mm. they will bring you down and they will make you fail. Mm. Yeah. It's it's very true because it's it's like a battery, right? You have mm. they either energize you or they suck the energy out of you, and you have to always um, feed them with positivity and motivation. I have a on a personal note, I have a really good friend, and most of the time she feels uh, she always says to me, "Lida, you motivate me. You always have good energy, good vibe," and so has she. Like she's smart and clever. But then it's like they are clouded with with so much doubt and confusion that someone else's voice gives them motivation. Whereas actually, like you said, you gave your wisdom a chance. You gave yourself a chance. You gave your inner gut a chance. You, mm. you kind of took the time to understand, hold on a moment. I know what I want. Mm. Uh, I think everyone, every one of us have have that in us. It's it really takes, you know, a little bit of craziness, a little bit of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <to break laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Surrounding yourself with the right people, and and cutting off negativity and toxicity, you know, like around you, uh, or maybe you know someone is being negative. You can teach them to be positive. You know, yeah. you can maybe they don't know that they're being negative so so give them a chance not cut off people like directly you know but i mean try not to try to really be aware and mindful mm -hmm. of your relationships of your thoughts of everything yeah yeah so darin why was um, breaking the world guinness record so important to you Anything that I'm doing is important to me. And I think the Guinness World Record came to me and they they actually contacted contacted me and they said they want they want to launch uh, the uh, category for people of determination to start breaking records and compete against each other. Mm -hmm. So they chose like four people, people around the world with impaired uh, disabilities and they wanted wanted them to break records. And to launch the uh, the category, so I was like, "Wow!" Like, I didn't like. I've never imagined that Guinness World Record would contact me. And you know, mm -hmm. being being brought up in the '90s, it was Guinness World Record book was our uh, you know amusement and entertainment. We would open the book and look at all these records, and you know, be amazed. There wasn't social media, but there was the internet. So. 
So I was like, wow, I was really honored. And breaking the record in the same month that I lost my leg to cancer was really important to me because I felt like, you know, you can change the time and you can, you can change. For example, today I'm talking to you. Yeah, it's amazing. Like I'm happy we we were having this conversation. Maybe next year at the same day I would do something else. You know, like yeah. you never know when when you never know how you can change your your the the the, the things that happen to you. You can change the the date. You know, so so mm-hmm. on that in that month that was really like a, a disappointment, painful month. I broke mm-hmm. the Guinness World Record. Who, yeah. who would know, like, after 28 years, in the same yeah. month, I would break it. So it was really important to me. Wow. On the same month as well. That's a huge achievement, personally, spiritually, everything. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's huge. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and just to tell the listeners, it was uh, the one leg wall sit. Uh, the record was one minute, 15 seconds, and I did two minutes, eight seconds. Uh, I trained one month for it. Of course, like if you train, the more you train, the, the, the better time you can do. But it, the record started at one minute, 15 seconds, and I was really happy to, to, to break it. Wow. Huge, huge congratulations, Doreen. This Thank is, you. This is beyond belief, super amazing. Honestly, I think you are the Wonder Woman. <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> really? Yes, of course. Of course, it's uh, it's huge. Um, looking at it, it's crazy. And, and now you're also an ambassador of Adidas. Yeah. Um, congratulations! And if you could Thank tell you. us what what that means, uh, of course, to you and your role. I love the brand first of all also just like guinness world record we were raised to see these big brands in sports and uh, playing sports also before i lost my leg i used to wear this brand and it never occurred to me that one day i would be an ambassador to this brand so it's really an honor to be to be in their team and because you know my story and what's uh, my message goes along with their message, which is impossible is nothing. And yeah. I, I love their slogan. I love it so much. And it is true. Impossible is nothing. When you put your mind into doing something, you can achieve it. Even if you fail, you have tried. What is the next thing for you that you have in mind to achieve? I am, uh, every day I'm achieving something. Every yeah. day I have... Uh, I put cha- there's a challenge for me actually, but mm. but I don't seek now. I don't seek things to achieve because for me, the whole point is that I'm healthy and I am. I I know that I need to be fit for life, and I need to grow gracefully, uh, age gracefully, and and I want to be that woman. I want to look at the future like I had like 20 years. From now, I want to be this, not this old grumpy lady. (laughs) I want to be this this happy old lady. Maybe I have my my, uh, grandkids next to me. 
Uh, but I would be fit. I would still be fit. I would still exercise, and I would still be cool and 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 uh, and sexy and attractive. <laughs> so I want to break the stereotype about aging. Honestly, I want to break the stereotype about aging because now I'm 45, and I'm yeah. happy when people tell me, "Oh no, you're 45. You don't look 45." Yeah. This, this really this is nice i want to keep on uh, i want to keep this image like i want to have because i exercise because i'm active i have a fit body uh, no mm. one can can like uh, guess my age and mm. this is nice yeah wow i i love i love your future forecasting of yourself i want to be <laughs> young <laughs> and, and you know, still look fabulous. <laughs> Go to the gym at ninety-five years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right because we don't see that. We don't see it. We don't. We and we can't believe it. So right now, when you're talking about it, it almost seems like her. What is she talking about? But it's it's mm. really nice. It's refreshing. You know, it's really yeah. refreshing. I like that. So if you were to implement one rule on social media let's say instagram because it's this huge thing going on that we are influenced by it, our behavior we look too much on it uh, mm. just to tiktok and facebook but let's yeah. take instagram for an example um what rule would you implement uh i wish you asked me another question <laughs> because <laughs> honestly honestly if i'm because i lived I lived the era where there was no social media, and I'm now I'm living the the, the time where is where there is social media, and I can compare the both uh, mm. both times, and I and I find advantages and disadvantages, but I find a lot of disadvantages in social mm. media. Uh, it it's it helped me a lot. Social media helped me uh, get my message through a lot of people, and help a lot of people, and help myself. Through helping mm. people, because when you help someone, you feel better about yourself, and you you continue to do what you're doing. Mm. Uh, but I think it's 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 gone in, in the wrong way for for in the world. I think because people are getting getting on social media and they're seeing uh, the end results of everybody's life. You know mm. that the happy moments. And they're comparing themselves, and and I fall into that. Although I know the trick, like although I don't, I don't post a lot of like down times. Like I don't mention or I don't talk about uh, a bad day. I rarely talk about a bad day because I feel like I don't want to. You know, I'm I'm here to motivate. I'm here to inspire. But also, I think this is harming more than more than. Uh, it is benefiting also because people want want to see real people in life, yeah. and we need to understand that that social media is like you said when we when I met you in the meeting. It's for the brands. It's for the brands to get their message out there. But for yeah. people, it's harming us. You know, yeah. it's it's really harming us. Uh, but if I had to implement one rule, mm -hmm. I would say remove. The, the following numbers like the number of following yeah. because it, it doesn't matter like because I've seen people follow an egg 
an egg had five million views, five million followers. <laughs> I mean, like seriously, seriously, yeah. they're following an egg. I don't know if you know if you knew about that. Like many years ago, they they put an they open an account for an egg just to prove how social media is is really ridiculous, and yeah. people started following the egg. And yeah. it had like 5 million followers. And yeah. I see a lot of people that have 2 million, 3 million, 4 million, and they have nothing to offer. And people still comment and like. Yeah. So, so, so I think, I think the, follow, the followers, I would remove the number of followers because we are so, uh, we're so impacted by the number, you know, like yeah. big numbers, uh, you know, oh, wow, she has million, 5 million followers. Oh, she has 10 million. You know, we we so we judge by numbers. Mm. Yeah, I, I like that removing the f- followers. Just, just yeah. clear. <laughs> it's not how many people are following you. It's it's who are who is following you. Yeah. Who are these people that are following you? Are the right mm. people following you? Is your yeah. voice going to the right people? This is this is what matters, I think. Yeah, I agree with you. Instagram is like. You know, like you have a, uh, like in back in the days when I was really young, 10, 11, you had this photo book where you, when my mom took pictures of moments and she, and she would then, you know, collect them in, in a big photo book. So to me, like you said, Instagram is like that big photo book. Do you want everybody to see every single part of like you and be part of it? Um, like yeah. To what extent do you allow someone else to use that photo book of yours? And, exactly. Uh, you know, I, I think people... a lot. I think a lot, Lida. I think a lot of about the content that I'm sharing. Yeah. You know, I am an athlete into sports. Yes, a little, a little bit of lifestyle, my family, but that's it. Yeah. I mean, because I think this content is there forever. Like, yeah. Like, uh, I don't want to overshare because I want to have my privacy. I want to have my life. I, wanna, I don't. Like as if you're sitting and everybody is in your room. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> privacy. In your room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you imagine if this was real? Like th- this number of followers are really following you. Everywhere you go. Oh, I wouldn't be able to breathe. I don't know how you can keep up with one million followers, Darin. That's yeah. <laughs> no, it's such a good imagery you used, really. Like just to repeat on that, imagine these one million followers following you every single step from your room to work to making food, whatever you're doing. It's wow, it's unbearable. You can't bear yeah. it. Unbearable. Yeah. And people are are willing to do anything to get followers, yes, and to get engagement. You know, they 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 overshare things from their lives, and they, I mean, it's it's sad. I don't want yeah. to use another word, but it's it's really sad. Yeah, I agree with you. And just based on what you said about like so many people are trying to, uh, you know, get attention of so many followers i feel like the the old school way of creating a meaningful impact whether that be your brand or personal brand or service whatever it is usually how it has worked really well is 
the traditional way. So I, for example, love Jennifer Lopez, uh, her music and whatever she does and the amount of time uh, she goes on, like the way she exercises, like she puts so much work in singing, acting, being a businesswoman and every single thing. She doesn't just sit there, create a reel and hopes for or thinks oh, she will get a million followers. She yeah. really she really does the work like she gets onto the nitty-gritty part of it like rehearsing for so many hours I think that just preserves the the the, the fame or whatever the influence that people nowadays are after on TikTok and everything else because I've come across like accounts on Instagram where mm. one person for example and on a real 30k views and other posts they just have 300 uh, likes so it's really different so, um, yeah, I, I, I just go with the old school. So that's why we're having this conversation with you, because I do feel like old school characters are so powerful. Like, yeah, people in real life, you, you're yeah. talking about being famous in real life for doing something like for doing something, actually doing something, yeah. not social media famous. Now yes. there's a lot of fame coming from social media, but if social media disappears, what are we left with? Yeah, there are some content content creators that that really, if you look at them, if there there is no social media, they would disappear. Yeah, Not, nothing. They they wouldn't like exist. But for yeah. example, if social media disappears, I would still be an athlete. I would still uh, uh, yeah. be a speaker and go to events and stuff like that. I would still do what I, what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's why I admire your character, Doreen. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. You're so sweet. Really. And all the characters that have been on the series so far. So let's imagine you're you are sitting opposite your 18-year self today, right now. Uh, what would you tell her? Oh, Lida. <laughs> I would tell her a lot of stuff. I would tell her a lot, a lot of stuff. But I think one of the things that I would tell her, I would say what people think of you is not your business. You know, mm -hmm. I would tell her, like, be confident. Uh, uh, you are worth it. Uh, like, a lot of things. Like, I wasted so much time being impacted by people's opinion, people's looks, people, uh, you know, people's judgment. And I didn't, I didn't believe in myself. And I, and I was, I was thinking like them, but I would tell her, don't, don't waste your time, you know, thinking about that. Just, you know, follow your dreams. Yeah. Wow. Um, Thank you so much, Darin. Uh, there were so many. Um, I just need to take a moment because your voice um, is so inspiring. Is the, the the first time when I heard your voice um, on stage and in the, the Forbes when you were speaking, I just couldn't stop crying. And even today, through the laughter and through the inspiration you don't understand how how it has impacted me throughout the conversation oh. <laughs> uh, 
purely because it's so sincere. It's so, by sincere, I mean, view without any other intention. It's, this is why I'm doing this. And um, thank you so, so much for sharing your immense, I don't I, I don't think I have any words for that, but immense wisdom throughout <laughs> and transparency throughout. So thank you thank- so much. Thank yeah. you, Alida, for this beautiful conversation. I've really enjoyed myself. And you're such such a beautiful lady inside out, really. And I believe you have a really great, bright future ahead. And, and I tell you, enjoy your life, enjoy your time, and don't be concerned about a timeline, certain timeline. I have to do this at a certain time. I have to finish this. No, like there's no never at at, a certain time to start something or finish something uh it's all up to you so so just you know go with the flow wow darin i'm literally like in tears (laughs) (laughs) you are you're you're an incredible guest Uh, i have so enjoyed this and thank you. Um, that means we get a lot. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I have to stop the recording. No. <laughs> <laughs>